0: Oh, it's The Creator Spaces Show. Welcome back to The Creator Spaces Show, and today, we're talking about networking and relationship building with Adam Marks. This conversation highlights the importance of practicing patience, empathy, and mutual value creation when building relationships, and why follower caliber takes precedence over follower count. Let's get right into it. Do you consider yourself a creator? Yes, that answer came
1: pretty quickly. Uh, I was in the music industry or have been in the music industry for well over a decade. So I did the band thing for like a hot minute. I did music journalism. I've done the radio show thing. I do painting. I've done a couple of art exhibitions like a million years ago and I'm a writer. So I consider myself a pretty creative
0: person. You talked about a lot of content. I'm surprised you didn't say that you create relationships. (laughs)
1: It's funny because I didn't really think of relationship building when I fell into doing it. It wasn't something that I woke up in the morning and thought, okay, I'm going to be creating that the way that I thought to myself, I'm going to write an essay or write a poem or paint something. It was something that came naturally and does come naturally to me and that I really enjoy. But it took a number of years, frankly, to really recognize that creating relationships was something that was not just something I enjoyed doing, but something that is valuable and can become very valuable to other people who have perhaps a harder time doing it. And yeah, I didn't really think of relationships as something that I objectively set out to create in the morning. It just was something that just happened. And I guess now I think of it as like creating relationships, but the best relationships in my experience, just they're built on really phenomenal dialogues and you don't know when it's done. Relationships are constantly growing and evolving. So it's not necessarily a, okay, I'm finished creating a relationship.
0: As Adam said, great relationships are built from great dialogues. When you create connection based on your shared interests and goals, you're more likely to be successful with your business or job because people want to work with people they know and like. How do you define when somebody's part of your network versus part of your audience?
1: I would say that it changes without realizing it. I like to think that the people who are in my audience are potential network connections because you don't really know from whom you can learn something and you don't really know who knows who. And that's one of the really phenomenal things about networking is that people in your audience could be hugely beneficial connections down the road. They could become really core connections in your network. And so I think on the one hand, it's like a delicate balance. On the other hand, like people overthink it. To get back to your question about audience versus network, by approaching it not in an adversarial context, but as a potential ally, it creates an opportunity to build a relationship with people who you otherwise wouldn't have access to. Just when you know people and you build relationships, amazing things happen. And that's a really core part of my message is that I've had some really staggeringly, almost ridiculous things happen in my life. The kinds of things where people are like, oh yeah, only in the Facebook movie. And it's not only in the movies. It's predicated on building relationships that are long-term and networks that are inherently magnetic and positive. And then really incredible things happen and you look back and you go, is this really happening to me? In the moment, it feels surreal.
0: An audience and a network can be built simultaneously, but generally speaking, a network is easier to start with because you already have one, without even trying. It's just a matter of being intentional whether you want to develop it or not. How do you go about keeping in touch? The meeting people part, I can meet you all day, but remembering to stay in touch with you a month from now, that's hard for me.
1: Yeah, and I can appreciate that because, look, life gets busy, right? People have jobs, they run companies, or they have work. There's a million good reasons why somebody didn't get back to you or hasn't spoken to you in months and months. And the answer to that is twofold. The first is, I tell my clients, 30 seconds can change your entire trajectory. And most oftentimes when I say that, what I'm referring to is like, If you haven't spoken to somebody in four months and it just occurs to you while you're sitting on the couch watching a movie and, oh, I haven't spoken to that person. And if you have the free moment, shoot off a text or an email or a Twitter DM and say, hey, Mike, it's been a few months since we last chatted. I wanted to just see what's going on and what you're working on. And if I could create some feedback or create some value, I'd love to do that. And let's hop on a Zoom call sometime soon and we'll just catch up and see how things are. That took, what, 20 seconds? It's totally informal. It doesn't require a pitch deck. It doesn't require anything. That is more powerful than people realize because what it does is it sends a number of nonverbal signals concurrently. It tells people, Yeah, life gets busy, but you're still around, you're still there, you're still in their corner. You have indicated, why are you reaching out? Reconnect, you offer to give some feedback. Maybe they have a project that they're looking for some feedback on or some expertise on. You just offer to get the dialogue going again. You're not really asking for anything. And where people oftentimes kind of mess that up is they will talk to people for months and years on end and then they want something. And then you don't hear from them again. And it's not like we're stupid. Like, I know you're only sending me a message because you want something. And it's entirely possible that I might offer to give you that thing without you asking if we just rekindle the conversation again. We don't have to be best buddies that see each other every two weeks like clockwork. So that's the first thing. The second thing is people severely underrate the utility of Facebook birthday notifications and LinkedIn too. Like anytime somebody has a new job, like all of these notifications that are really irritating are also really phenomenal on-ramps that give you a good reason to talk to somebody. It's right there in front of you. You can't keep up with every single person in your network, especially if you're doing what I'm doing, which is building a broad network, far-flung reaches of the universe across different industries. There's just no way.
0: 30 seconds can change your entire trajectory. The key to nurturing relationships is to take steps to demonstrate that you care about the other person and that you're interested in his or her life. Think about the different tools in your arsenal to stay in touch, just like the ones Adam mentioned. Now let's look into a concept Adam introduced us to called secondary networking.
1: I often think about networking within the context of a concept called secondary networking. This is just an idea that i developed and I think about it all the time. And really what it is, a lot of people spend significant amounts of time obsessing over who's in their metaphorical little black book, how many influencers and how many followers and this and that. And for the record, follower count is nowhere near as important as caliber of followers. So who those people are, how they interact, what are their reputations. I'll take one person with 100 followers with an amazing caliber over somebody with 100,000 followers any day of the week. And I tell my clients off the bat, if you're looking for me to 40 extra follower count, you're better off going with somebody else because that's not what I do. So within the context of secondary networking, I spend more time thinking about who's in the little black books of all the people who are in my first circle. And you just don't ever know. I could end up developing a really phenomenal dialogue with somebody in two weeks who has just a staggering footprint. To put it in perspective, I have two very close friends on LinkedIn who are both fide LinkedIn influencers. And between the two of them, they probably have just shy of half a million followers, 225 apiece. And the friendships I should say are built on empathy and patience, mutual value creation and stuff like that. So do I have access to all those people immediately today? No, but does it also mean that I don't have access to them? Also no, because if I do an interview with one of those people or we do a conversation or a project together, you don't know who in their network is going to really connect with that and go, "Oh well, yeah, I like that, let's do more of that. It's through those networks that I often get, like other projects or podcasting spots, stuff like that.
0: The beauty of networking is seen when opportunities start coming your way when you least expect them. You need to be deliberate about it, but also not overthink it. Adam explained just how much patience is needed by breaking down another concept called zero-to-one networking.
1: The reason that I started this concept, the zero-to-one networker, which I believe that is different objectively than, let's say, building a business zero-to-one, because that has a lot to do with automating and efficiency, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's all about doing it quickly, right? Networking is not like that. If you try to network like that, you will lose. I tell my clients 10 months, not two weeks, 10 months for a single relationship, by the way, not like a network that's gonna make you $10 million. Cause it actually is about 10 months in my experience, about eight to 10 months for a relationship to really gestate positively and to grow naturally. And what's really interesting and important for people to understand is like, it happens when you're not looking. when you're not like watching the pot, waiting for it to boil, There's stuff going on in the background. I have stuff running in the background all the time, every day. I have different projects, I have different conversations. And anytime I have a conversation that I know at some point will lead to something because we click really well, we're on the same page, it could take you a year or more to be in the same place where you're ready to work on something together or for something to pop up. There's nothing wrong with that. It's patience, empathy, tenacity.
0: Don't forget those three. It can take over eight months before you're in a position to work together with someone in your network, and it'll most likely come at a time when you least expect it. But will you be ready when the opportunity comes knocking? Remember, luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. What's your North Star metric for success? People will continue to pick up
1: my phone calls, answer my emails pretty simple North Star. If I know that people will continue to support me as a person and support my message and continue to introduce me to other people and continue to further my own brand, then I'm doing something right. And I'm doing something right by virtue of also being able to add value to the trajectories of the other people in my network. I'm a firm believer in rising tides lifting all ships, and you just don't know what kind of incredible opportunities are going to come from a great tweet or a great dialogue what's your current goal as a creator so i'm really looking at creating a brand and a business and a community around the understanding that these are not like super duper hidden secrets to building phenomenal relationships they just take time and patience and commitment to creating value for other people and collaborating So my goal with regards to that is to build a fantastic amount of content, a fantastic network and a really great business predicated on these ideas that are open to everybody. It's just about whether or not people
0: take the time to change their habits and integrate them into their lives. And as always, we wrap it all up by answering the question. If you could send a tweet back to your start, what would it be and when would it be? You get to choose the start. I would say
1: that mental health is critically important and I have struggled in the past with depression and with anxiety and with the whole FOMO thing and does it make me not a real founder, does it make me unfundable, all this kind of stuff, especially coming from the music world where that stuff is romanticized and it's not romantic, it's just painful and it took a long time for me to realize reaching out for help talking to people and reaching out for support and going at your own speed. These are basic concepts in a way, but they're very hard. And if I could tell myself, it will be fine. There is life after failure. Focus on mental health and
0: relationships.